Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk to my first guest in this hour, Conservative MP and former Brexit Secretary David Davis. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Actually, before we go on to what's happening here in the UK, I must get your thoughts on what is happening in the United States. Donald Trump still accusing everyone of fraud and rigging shenanigans. It's one of the words he used last night. What do you make of it all? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it'll be a Biden victory. I think you, know, you have to remember that the electoral laws in the states are, are decided state by state. Uh, so it'd be quite difficult for the Supreme Court to overrule anything, really. But the other thing is that I, by the looks of it, Biden will have a sufficiently large victory for them to turn around and say it doesn't matter if you know one state or other state is ruled out, you've lost. Uh, and I think the Supreme Court will see that pretty quickly and uh, decide that too, despite the fact that it's now a, a pretty Republican Supreme Court. So you know, it's just I'm 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 sorry to say I think the outgoing president is just uh, damaging his own legacy really but there we are yeah, we, yeah. well we, we shall see what does happen may very likely i think to get a, a final definitive result by the end of today uh, let's talk about what's happening here in the uk second day of lockdown uh we are facing a new furlough scheme told by the chancellor it's going to go all the way to the end of march um why do we need a furlough scheme to the end of march uh, if we've got a lockdown that ends on the 2nd of december well it's a very good question i, th- I think the the reasoning is that uh, well, two. One political that he doesn't think it's probably tenable to keep coming back. I think I can't remember which one this is now. They're probably the fifth revision of the policy. Um, uh, keep coming back and changing the policy almost on a day by day basis. I think the politics of that for him are poor. But the but I think the most important reason is to give a degree of certainty uh, to companies who otherwise will be making layoff plans. I mean, some already have, but making layoff plans for people they can't afford. If they think the 
economy is still going to be stuttering over the whole winter. And the hard truth is, I think most people do think the economy is going to be stuttering over the hard, uh, over the whole winter, whether it's whether it's national lockdowns or lockdowns in which half the half the country are in tier three, which amounts to the same thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's probably the reasoning behind uh, behind uh, Rishi Sunak's uh, judgment on this. Uh, but, you know, uh, truth be told, it's very hard to predict the Treasury these days. Uh, they, they go from uh, saying, oh, we've got to pay it all back in taxes now to what happened yesterday, which is £150 billion of money was printed by the printed by the bank effectively yeah this is the thing like look you you uh you didn't vote in favor of the lockdown um it's happened anyway um one of the lessons that perhaps we should be learned in the uh, american election is that the biggest concern at the exit poll even in the year of coronavirus even in the year of the pandemic even with the incredibly high per capita death toll that america has seen in the mishandling of the pandemic uh, by you know most people would agree even republican or democrats or left or right here uh, by donald trump um the the number one issue for people uh, at the election according to the exit polls was the economy not the pandemic do you think that's a lesson that perhaps needs to be learned by the Conservatives that actually in four years' time, or indeed perhaps even in next May for local elections, it's not going to be the pandemic and the death toll that's going to be uppermost in people's minds. It's going to be their jobs being lost. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. I mean, the the, the, the truth is that even, even with uh, uh, heading towards 50,000 deaths, that's one in a thousand people whereas the economic impact is going to eat nearly everybody. You know, I mean, uh, uh, everybody will know somebody, either will suffer in their own job or know somebody who has, which is not true about the, the fatality rate. So I think it's very likely that that, that, that will be the case. And, of course, the, the, the sort of stop-start uh, nature of the lockdown, it, it, people see that making it worse. And you know, today's papers... Um, uh, show you that the, the, the basis of the judgment, the basis of the decision was completely false. It was based on numbers which were entirely wrong, as it turns out. Well, this is the dodgy data. Even the official statistics watchdog yesterday issued a letter. I mean, thinly veiled. It didn't name Witty and Valence uh, personally, but uh, but basically warned about present presentation of COVID-19 data in what they called a, in a confusing way. They say without appropriate explanations of context and sources and how that risked harming public confidence. I mean, that is that is in civil servant speak a damning, damning indictment. That's a, you lied to the country in civil servant speak, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, th I think that's broadly right. I mean, the, the, the truth is, what, what's, what's happened throughout all of this? From the beginning, uh, they presented modelling numbers as forecasts. Um, and if you remember your, your, your listeners, cast in mind back to Professor Ferguson, who got into trouble later, um, his forecasts down the decades have always been at least 10 times too high. You know, uh, and this, the same this year, he forecast, remember, a half a million deaths at one point, uh, uh, just wrong. And now we've seen the same again this time, uh, same fairly bogus modelling. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing is, if you think about it from the point of view of the Prime Minister, Prime Minister is told uh, that there are going to be 4,000 deaths a day if he carries on and that this will overwhelm the health service. That was, that's what the bogus numbers were. That's what they said. Now, 
under those circumstances, he pretty much has no choice but to go into lockdown because, you know, no prime minister is going to accept the collapse of the National Health Service and 4,000 deaths a day. Well, of course, the truth is half or a quarter of that um, uh, at the upper end. And uh, under those circumstances, the prime minister might have said, well, on balance, it might be a thousand deaths a day from coronavirus, but going into lockdown might actually cause more deaths because of effects on cancer and effects on other things. I mean, so there's a slowing down the economy again and slowing down uh, everybody's response and everybody's willingness to go to hospital. So you know, they actually took the decision away from him. This is actually quite a scandal that the, that the scientific advisors effectively put the prime minister in a no win, no choice position when in fact he did have options available to him. That was that sort of uh, uh, Rose ca came up in the debate. And I think what it means is that next time around, when we come to December the 2nd, um, I think the, the size of the rebellion on the Tory benches will be much, much bigger, probably but twice. Do you not think you're giving Boris Johnson the benefit of the doubt here? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a laywoman um, and, uh, and I can't, I'm not as busy as the Prime Minister. I do accept that. But I'm able to look at the official data and I'm able to look at a, you know, proper you know, analysis from all sides. I look, at, I look at all sides, what other people are saying. I, you know, people say to me, you seem so sure. Do you ever question yourself on these things? Absolutely. I, every time a new bit of data in, comes in that doesn't tally with, with what I expected would happen, I think, well, OK, have we got this wrong? And I, and I go back to it and I go back to a variety of experts on different sides saying different things to weigh it up. Why doesn't the Prime Minister do that? I mean, I'm just a, I'm just an ordinary voter. I'm an ordinary punter. Why can't the Prime Minister listen to what other people are saying on other sides? He's looking at data, spouting statistics on Saturday night, 4,000 deaths a day. That was yeah. debunked within minutes uh, by the people as soon as that data was put out about where it had come from. Yeah, well, I think the, 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 the way British government's organised, you know, you have a chief scientific advisor and a chief medical uh, officer, and they're the people who are supposed to go away, find out, uh, as it were, what the facts are, get the best expert opinion and bring it together for the prime minister. Now, I think the trouble is that what they do is they interpret that as a requirement to bring a single consensus. Now, this sort of science, I mean, this is not like your sort of O-level, your GCSE science, where all the facts are clear and, every, and all the formula are in black and white. Science at this sort of level is completely uncertain. And what I think has probably happened is they have not actually done the Prime Minister a service. They have given him a so-called consensus. And in fact, there is a massive variety of opinion. What they should be saying to him is, if you do this, Half the scientists think this will happen, but yeah. the risks are that this will happen. Yeah. And I don't think that's happened. I just don't think... You listen to, to Witty and Valance, they stand there issuing these things with complete certainty. Remember what happened over face masks. You know, we were told with complete, complete certainty they were unnecessary. Now they're mandatory, you know. So uh, there was no reflection of that doubt at the beginning uh, in, in the scientific advice, and I suspect the same is happening within the walls of Downing Street. Online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. There's still ongoing demands from National Education Union and others for schools to be closed down. And I also saw yesterday the head of the exams watchdog telling the Education Secretary, uh, Gavin Williamson, that GCSEs and A-levels should be marked more softly next year. This, by the way, as last-minute advice was issued to schools uh, that pupils and teachers should wear masks in all communal areas and corridors. Well, let's talk about all of this with Robert Halfon. He's chair of the Education Select Committee and Tory MP for Harlow. Good morning to you, Robert. Uh, good morning. Hello good morning. there. Hello. Lovely to talk to you. Um, first of all, let's talk about the prospect of schools being closed. I mean, God, I only just went back in September. I wasn't a big fan of the half-term break. I thought we could have used that to catch an awful lot of those kids up on all the lessons they'd missed. But no, teachers wanted their holes. Um, but um, but uh, do you think there is any prospect that the government will allow schools to be closed? Because they promised not to close schools back in March and that didn't last very long. Well, I hope not. What I think whatever happens, we have to keep our children learning. We've had months after months of millions of children learning virtually nothing. Um, and that has been a disaster. I mean, if we're not careful, we'll have an epidemic of educational uh, poverty in our country. And the government needs to do everything possible to make sure that the schools stay open. But more importantly, if kids are sent home in a year group or for one reason or another, those children have to be learning at home. And the government, Ofsted and the schools and the teachers need to make sure that those kids are learning properly online and have the computers in, in order to do so. Yeah, and again, still there's big question marks about that, about whether enough uh, you know, laptops and iPads have been sent uh, home, uh, sent to schools for them to send home with those pupils. Um, there, I mean, there is still a big concern that uh, that that their the pressure is going to mount. And, you know, we'll have we'll have one teacher getting COVID, and they'll they'll think it's from the pupils, even though we know statistically around the world uh, that uh, you know the, the teachers are more at risk, frankly, going to the supermarket than they are being at school. And we know that uh, children, certainly primary school age children and younger teenagers very 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 low risk for catching the virus getting ill from the virus spreading the virus though there are issues 16 and above sixth formers there have been some issues there there have been but uh, where other workers are going in who i mean obviously if you're affected by covid or shielding then stay at home absolutely but we've got nhs workers uh, going in we've got delivery drivers uh, walking around delivering driving around delivering we've got uh, supermarket workers um the risk in schools is low the children's commissioner said it is low and that kids have got to be back into school she knows what and and longfield she knows what she is talking about other countries who've got lockdown have kept their schools open you know we have to make a choice in our country do we are we going to destroy the life chances of millions of children yeah. 
or are we going to make sure we keep them learning? And the government have got to do absolutely everything possible. And and if I was the education secretary, I'd be ringing up head teachers, heads of academies, local authorities directly just to make sure that those kids are learning and, and the schools are open. And if they're, yeah. as I say, if they're sent home, that they're learning at home online as well. I mean, should, should we see the GCSEs and A-levels marked more soft? There's still some talk about whether they leave and take go ahead in the same format next year. They were talking about moving them a few a few weeks <clears throat> later to give a little bit of extra time for teaching, which seems to me a sensible measure. But we've already had this idea that we'd sort of dumb down a bit of the courses. We'd teach less of the subjects because it'd give them more time. I mean, isn't this just unbelievably defeatist? That this sort of, oh, well, we'll just accept that a whole cohort of kids just won't learn as much as they used to learn and it doesn't really matter as opposed to let's head you know let's get on with it let's add an extra hour to the school day maybe let's not do the half terms not do such longer breaks and let's make sure these kids learn what they need to learn why is it that last year they needed to know x amount but this year they need to learn less well, i really worry that um, because we stuffed up the exams this year that what um, is being proposed by Ofqual is that we should stuff it up again yeah. next year i.e. recycle a cock up and the cock up has led to grade inflation which means standards will be lower and employers will take those exams uh, less seriously of course you might have to have some flexibility and maybe you focus on on core subjects some flexibility in the curriculum but the idea that you have you mark uh, grade inflation is in my view the wrong way to uh, to go about it. And absolutely, if you need to, I mean, the government has spent an extra billion on catch up. Let's use that catch up to ensure that children and pupils can do their exams properly as much yeah. as possible. Indeed. Um, I've been told to wear masks uh, in the communal areas. I have to say, I mean, my daughter's school and everyone else's schools that I know have already got that rule. But can I ask you just finally about the University of Manchester as students who are very angry about a seven foot metal fence being erected around some of their halls of residence. University said, oh, it was, it was to keep other people out. Uh, the students felt that it was fencing them in. They basically went and tore the fence down themselves last night on bonfire night. A few sort of fireworks being let off as well. What do you make of that well clearly there's some students in lockdown because of the spread of uh covid but i think universities need to be sensitive we're not supposed to be uh in open prisons and uh, i think it'll be much better if students uh, so if universities or university authorities understood that actually students uh, are struggling it's difficult to stay in lockdown eating pot noodles every every day and uh, really be sensitive, be understanding, and work with the students rather than trying to create a prison around campus. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. So we've got six states that haven't declared yet. One of them, Alaska. It's, uh, it's three uh, uh, electoral college votes, and it's going to go Republican. That's kind of already priced in. You have got the five battleground states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and North Carolina. A number of those are just too close to call. Pennsylvania, though, looks likely it could be the first uh, to uh, announce, and they've got 20 electoral college votes. And uh, just winning Pennsylvania alone would be enough for Joe Biden to win the presidency. We've put him over the line. of the, He's got 253 electoral college votes right now. That would put him over the line to 273, over that 270 line. So is that going to happen? And how soon? Let's talk to Scott Lucas, Professor of International Politics at Birmingham University. Good morning to you once again, Scott. Very good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, we're just going to talk to you every day until we get a, <laughs> until we get a result at this rate. We could be here for a long time. Or do you think we will find out today who's won? Well, I'm going to spare you and let you have a day off on Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. Because we will get the result today. Uh, I, and the path for Joe Biden is fairly clear, as you capably laid it out. 
he really just needs uh, one state, such as a Pennsylvania or a Georgia, or at most two states, Arizona plus Nevada. Donald Trump effectively has to run the board over the next five states. And here's where we are, just very quickly for your listeners, because there's a latest update. Uh, the gap in Pennsylvania, where Trump once had a 600,000 vote lead, down to 18,000. And the rest of the vote, about 5% of the state, is coming from Democratic areas. So it's unlikely Trump will hold on. Uh, Biden's already had in Arizona. We'll get an update uh, this afternoon, British time. Uh, he'll probably hold that lead. He almost certainly will hold Nevada because he's leading already. And the rest of the votes from Democratic areas. And then in Georgia, a state I know well, where all my relatives are, uh, the gap right now, Trump's large lead is down to 665 votes with about 15,000 to be counted. Again, a lot of it from Democratic areas. Yeah, and that's the key thing. It's the, it's the fact that the votes that are being counted last in most of these states are the postal ballots there tend to be more likely falling massively heavily for Democrats over Republicans. Donald Trump encouraged Republicans to go out and vote on the day, not to vote by a postal ballot. And also a lot of them are coming from urban areas. Again, far more likely to be Democratic. Well, let's have a listen to what Donald Trump had to say from the White House late last night, his first appearance in, I think, about 36 hours or so. And here's what he had to say about those counts. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. Well, I mean, an awful lot of the American networks carrying that uh, statement, but immediately switched to actually just debunking, debunking a lot of the things he said. Uh, easily, easily objectively proven to be untrue, what he's had to say in, in a lot of that statement. Let's also hear what Joe Biden, the Democratic rival, had to say uh, as well. We continue to feel very good about where things stand. We have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be declared the winners. So I ask everyone to stay calm. The process is working. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's, it's about staying calm, isn't it, Scott? But a lot of people very, very worried that uh, not everyone is going to stay calm. And the concern is that uh, Donald Trump has got this battle cry up. He's got an, all of his uh, conspiracy theorists, uh, uh, the fake news folks on social media stirring things up, stirring up, sharing an awful lot of, uh, of, of claims about fraud and election rigging that have, again, been completely debunked. Any claims he has got, well, take to the courts. We see court challenges to votes all the time in the United States. Not unusual, but it's done in a peaceful way normally. The worry is that a lot of Trump supporters are going to believe a lot of this stuff and they are, a lot of people, a lot of those people are, are heavily armed. There is a real concern about unrest on the streets now, isn't there? Absolutely right, because Donald Trump doesn't want calm. Donald Trump wants to win by any means necessary. So it wasn't just the press conference. An hour ago at 2.30 a.m. in Washington, Donald Trump was on Twitter and he repeated that any vote cast for Joe Biden must be an illegal vote. He falsely said his observers are not being allowed into polling stations. They are. And he assailed Twitter for being biased because it keeps flagging up his tweets. Uh, you and I can, you know, we can kick back on this. We can say there is no evidence of mail-in fraud in this election and indeed almost no evidence of mail-in balloting fraud over the past decades in the US. We can say that this election is being conducted so fairly and scrupulously, that's why we're having the delay in voting to make sure that every ballot is legitimate. But when people hear this, and more than 50% of Americans believe that mail-in balloting is fraudulent because of all the disinformation, do they do what they did in Arizona yesterday, surround an election center, threaten to break in? Do they threaten not only to wear guns, but to use them? It is a real concern. And it's something that I just say it to your listeners, it's beyond Trump versus Biden. It's beyond Democratic versus Republican. 
this is a question of a stable and fair yeah. American system. This is this is about peaceful transition of power, isn't it? I mean, and this is this is the key thing. Um, again, um, there's been you know a lot of debunking of a lot of these claims from the president, and and th- I've seen stuff. People have been sending stuff to me saying, "Why are you believe? Why are you believing the the you know, the CNN or whatever? And why why and the BBC? Why aren't you uh, paying attention?" And been sent a lot of things like the the map of the Michigan vote. This this data dump apparently is showing 130,000 votes clearly from postal ballots going just to Joe. Biden, not a single one, 100% of the vote being given to Biden and not to Trump. It's gone viral. Two clear pictures showing that. Um, and it's 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 now, it's a, a, it's commonplace that they, they add big chunks of votes to a tally all at once. That's what they do. They do, they've announced this. But this, this was a data entry error and it was later corrected. And this has happened numerous times before, numerous times this election. But this one was screenshot. Um, but it has been corrected long before people were claiming that it was, it was fraud. Uh, so that, that is simply not the case. Also a claim that, um, Wisconsin didn't uh, the claim that Wisconsin had more ballots registered that more people had voted than who were actually registered to vote by about a hundred thousand. Again, that is simply not true. Uh, the the number of registered voters uh, given was outdated and it had gone up by about another 400,000. Uh, also, there's an ongoing issue about Sharpie votes being told that, um, that Democrats supporting um, uh, election sort of counters, well, the, the people uh, dealing with the um, the polling stations, that they were giving people Sharpies to vote with, Sharpie pens, which of course really, really strong felt tip pens, and the colour was going through, and that would actually basically mean their ballot paper would be discounted. Again, that is not true. Those count, those votes will still count. So some of the specific claims that have been made of wrongdoing have already been proven to be not the case. And one of the other claims that Donald Trump's made, Georgia. Isn't he? he was talking about how Georgia and how it's you know it was it was being fiddled in Georgia by the by the Democrats in charge there. It's, it's a Republican. It's a Republican state. It's Republican officials who are handling all this. Absolutely, you've done a great job in terms of taking all this apart. And we could add others, like the one voter in Nevada who said that she wasn't allowed to vote in a polling station because supposedly she had they recorded as voting by uh, mail. That was resolved and dealt with as well. But then of course. It's any disinformation poured in an electoral storm. And so the Trump folks will expand this. Let me just give you an analogy, Julia, and why this is so important to me and and to you and and to the listeners. You and I are on opposite sides of the Brexit issue, I think it's fair to say. And we have disagreed in the past. But you and I both recognize that that vote in 2016 was conducted fairly, it was conducted legitimately. And it would be out of order for me to start to grasp at straws to try to delegitimize that vote. Because when you do, you're tearing down the basis of our democracy. Same thing in the United States right now, that whether or not you support Donald Trump or Joe Biden, it is the facts, it is the law, it is the constitution that is paramount. And I hate to say this because you don't want to focus on one side rather than the other, but you do have the case where one side, Joe Biden yesterday is saying, keep calm and saying, I will respect the vote wherever it leads. Whereas there's a man in the White House right now who will use Twitter and who will go on TV to say, if this is a vote that goes against me, I won't accept it and no one else should I. And it's interesting on social media, a lot of people are sharing past uh, uh, speeches from uh, the losing side, from the candidates, from all different political parties, Mm -hmm. Um, basically their concession speeches and saying, no, this is how you do politics. Because this was the accepted norm. How much do you think that Donald Trump has just completely changed all the norms of American politics and perhaps even the norms of of, British politics as well in terms of his influence over here? 
Um, do you think that he, he's, you know, if, if and when he does lose this election um, and if and when he does leave the White House, that it will be a sort of a painful pass for, for a lot of people in America um, and that and people will move on and it'll be, gosh, do you remember when that, that, that guy from the telly uh, was in the American presidency? Or do you think, given that he improved his vote, three million more people voted for him, the second highest vote for any presidential candidate is for Donald Trump. First is for Biden, but the second highest is for Donald Trump. He has not been sort of, uh, you know, ousted from office by an outraged nation. Do, do you think his legacy will live on? Welcome to the most important period in American history, probably since the Civil War, even after Donald Trump, if he leaves the White House, goes. Because you've got two different paths here. And the Trump path, which he inspires, is, look, don't go with facts. Don't go with analysis. Don't, don't go with dialogue. Go with me. Go with almost, and I hate to say this, a cult of personality. Now, a lot of people will have invested in Trump. And because the Republicans have held the Senate, there will be a lot of Trumpists inside the Republican Party. They'll think they're still succeeding. Yeah. On the other side, and this isn't just Democrats, it's some Republicans as well. It's dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's exchanging information respectfully. And it's trying to find a consensus on what's happening. And I'll leave you with this, Julia. We focus a lot on Donald Trump. But if you were to look at the state and local elections across the U.S. that have just happened, you'll see a cross-section of people who have come in, a lot of times for the first time, in terms of public service. And they are there trying to make America better in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an economic crisis, and with all these issues that have been raised this summer. And that's where the hope lies in America. I can't tell you that this will prevail. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.